The Pope's recent dealings with the Chinese Communist Party are worrisome for many reasons, and those who know the truth about end times events see these as signs of what the Bible foretold long ago. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is the Dance of Life podcast, and I'm Tudor Alexander. Thanks so much for being with me today. If you haven't yet, make sure you subscribe on my website. That's danceoflife.com. Very simple, very easy. And that's going to keep you in touch with all of my latest content, because from what I am seeing and hearing from some people, YouTube is unliking videos. It is unsubscribing people. It's usually, you know, it's doing its usual nonsense. Let's put it that way. So I just don't trust YouTube. I don't trust any platform, really that I don't really have any control over. So my website is just the best way to stay in touch and you'll get everything up to date. You can watch ad free, which is another perk, obviously. Everybody's throwing ads on their stuff these days. And so go check it out, that's danceoflife.com. You can also have access to an archive there where you can search all the latest uh, you know, posts and, and things from the past that you can reference for yourself because everything I do is very detailed. So it's intended to be a resource for you. But nonetheless, today we're talking about the man of sin, the Pope. Of course, he's always doing something. He's always up to something. And if you aren't, let me put it this way, if you're paying attention to the wrong things in terms of end times events, like Israel, what's happening in the Middle East, which is by design to distract you, then you will not understand the, the snake that's moving in the shadows and doing what it's doing to bring about the new world order, which the Bible warns you about. People think, look, people think the big bad enemy is like the, the communist deep state, but it's not. And I hope that through these news updates that I do on Wednesdays, that you are seeing, like when I cover Christian Zionism, Christian nationalism, what the Pope is doing, it's all, it's very, I shouldn't say unique, like it's different kinds of news coverage, because most people aren't talking about this stuff. And that's why I bothered to do it, because nobody is talking about it. Nobody is pointing to the thing that's actually being warned by the Bible, which is that the world will worship the beast. Now, you have to know what the beast is, because if you think the beast is Trump or the beast is, you know, the WEF or the UN, then, then you're, you're barking up the wrong tree. The beast is the Catholic system. And of course, it's, it's man of sin as the little horn, personal representative is the Pope. The Pope was called our Lord God, the Pope at one time. He's still called Pontifex Maximus. We're going to get into some of this today, but I'm going to preface all of this with, with please go watch my end time series. If you haven't, then please go watch it. It's, it's a long series. It's a lot of, lot of information because, of course, the end times is a very complex topic. Very complex. I'd probably say one of the most complex topics there is because there's so many interpretations. And none of the official positions, which there are about five, are correct. That's what motivated me to make that end time series. But you're going to learn a lot in that series, especially if you check out some of the episodes like on the French Revolution, all these things we're going to touch on today a little bit. So if you've seen it, then you'll know where I'm going with this and you'll understand. If you haven't, that's okay. You're going to learn something today, but I really encourage you to go watch the series. But watch specifically the episodes like the French Revolution, and I think it's episode 14, and the Art of War, uh, the Second Beast the counterfeit spirit, the image of the beast, these things, like very few people are talking about these very important topics correctly. And if you understand all of those things, if you've seen those episodes, then what I'm about to share with you today 
should really come as no surprise and will confirm everything that the Bible predicts and what we've looked at in that series, which is that the world will, will come to worship the beast. It'll come to serve the beast. People will take the mark. Now, the mark is not some chip in your forehead. It might be enforced that way. And that's another episode too, Mark of the Beast, that I highly recommend going check out because most people do not understand that the mark is a spiritual thing. It's not a physical thing. It will probably be enforced with physical means like AI and, you know, who knows? I mean, the technology is there to enforce obedience. But the mark itself is obedience. It's about obe who do you obey? You're going to obey the devil or are you going to obey God? That's really what it comes down to. That's the first thing that mankind had a problem with. And it's going to be the last thing that, the, that mankind had a problem with. Do you see how the Bible is very circular in that sense? It starts in paradise and it ends in paradise. We fell from paradise by obeying Satan instead of God. And you will be denied paradise if you obey Satan in the end. It's, it's all complete circle. Fascinating. Fascinating how that works. But there is nothing new under the sun. The devil has always wanted obedience. And the world will obey the devil at the end. God has decreed it to separate the elect from the non-elect, the people who are part of the world. So I hope that that's not you. And I hope that you learn from these things. Again, if, you, if you're new to this episode, if you're just joining, check out my website, danceoflife.com, and go to the news section and just search in the archive there. Just type in anything like Pope or, you know, whatever. The search engine is pretty good. And you'll see a lot of good things that will help you get edified. But, of course, the end time series is what you want to check out first. Because the enemy that's coming is not a communist, big, bad, deep state. It is a Christian nationalist system where the kings of the earth will have a way to give their power to the beast, like they did for over 1,400 years. Now, if you understand the gravity of that, as in an empire that was Christian nationalist and ruled the earth for 1,400 years, that is an exceedingly long time to be entrenched as an empire. And that empire has still been ruling, by the way. It just went underground during the French Revolution when the mortal wound was struck. But it's going to come back. It's going to come back to, to full glory and people are going to marvel after the beast. That's what the Bible tells you. Very, very fascinating. And, of course, the kings of the earth will give their power to the woman riding the beast. And if you don't know who the woman is, I recently published an episode on Jerusalem being the, seven, the city of seven hills. It's not. But people think Jerusalem is the city of seven hills because they're preterist. But they don't realize that preterism was created by a Jesuit, Luis de Alcazar. So there you go. So who, is the, who really is the woman? Well, the woman is the Catholic Church because she sits on seven hills. That's the city, that's Rome, is the city of seven hills. And of course, there's so many other markers. We've looked at this very in-depth in the series. But nonetheless, this is the future that everything is going to. Now, a quick disclaimer, this is not against Catholics. I have no, I went to Catholic schools. I would Believe it or not, look, you're going to laugh at this, but I went to a Jesuit school. I was educated by the beast. I mean, come on. I have proof right here. My ring, it's not a clergy ring. It's a its a high school graduation ring. And my grandma got it for me, so that's why I wear it. But I went to a Jesuit school. I went to Catholic schools. I have nothing, I have Catholic friends. I have nothing against Catholics. This is not against Catholics. 
But you need to realize, if you're Catholic, that the system that you are in is the system that the prophets, especially Daniel and John, warned us about. They warned us about the institutionalization of Christianity. They warned us about the union of Christianity with with politics, with the state, with Christianizing the world in a militaristic, state-institutionalized kind of way. That's very different than going out in the world to the Great Commission and spreading the gospel. Catholics today think that going out and spreading the gospel means going out and spreading the institution. And many Catholics are under this spell that militant Christianity is a good thing. Again, if you've, if you've tuned into pretty much anything that I've talked about, you will know that that is very true. It's very consistent, sadly. But some Catholics are not part of that. They're just trying to serve God to the best that they can. They really are. They're just honest people trying to, to do good with what they've been taught. And to those people, I tell you, get out of her. Get out of her before it's too late. Real Christianity is is non-denominational, and it's based on the Bible. There are so many things that Catholicism does that has perverted the Word of God. And again, I'm not trying to insult anybody. I was Eastern Orthodox. I grew up Eastern Orthodox. Same thing, practically. I mean, there's just so many things that tradition has done with the Word of God that are completely blasphemous, really, to say it that way. I'm not, again, I'm not trying to insult anybody. But this is the thing that we are warned about. So this is not against Catholics, but beware. Beware, and I hope this wakes you up. So let's go to the articles. So we'll see what we can see what the man of sin is up to these days. But this is actually a situation with China that has been going on for several years. And so the point is we're going to look in the past at first and kind of work our way to the future. Pope defense deal with China says dialogue is necessary. Now, di- again, this is, I'm going to stop quite a few times from commenting on these. This word dialogue that the Pope loves to use, this is, you need, again, you need to learn to read doublespeak. Everything the snake says is doublespeak. Remember, the angel, the, Satan appears as an angel of light. He's dressed as an angel of light. He's always going to appear in bright white clothes, you know, case in point. But he's always going to appear as an angel of light. So when the Pope speaks, because he's the man of sin, he certainly is. If you haven't figured that out by now, he when he speaks, he speaks in such oh eloquence and beauty in these words, and really they don't mean anything. You have to understand what he's actually trying to say, because he speaks so well, but he speaks evil. When he says dialogue, when this when this word dialogue comes up, this means ecumenism. This means one world unity under the Pope. Which dialogue is necessary. Of course, dialogue is necessary. We have to we have to get China to go from dark to light. Which, if you know what I'm talking about, then then again, it's not a surprise. China is the dark right now. Communism is the opposite of Christian nationalism. It was created by the Jesuits. So what's the point? Well, the point is the Jesuits created communism as a dialectic to push people to the left so hard. (laughs) Oh, man, it's so brilliant. You're going to see the last article today that I'm going to cover. It is exactly what I'm talking about. People are pushed so hard to the left that they're going to want Christian nationalism. You're going to see it. I I swear, the last article on here I'm going to cover is just brilliant the way it's documented. 
But nonetheless, this is what dialogue means. It means unity, ecumenism, but not unity in the kind of unity that you would think, oh, that's great, like we're all one in Christ. No, it means unity under the church. So moving on, but dialogue is going to be mentioned quite a bit. This is from September uh, 2021. Pope Francis had defended the Vatican deal with China's communist government on the appointment of Catholic bishops, saying an uneasy dialogue is better than no dialogue at all. Of course, one step closer to the one world system. In an interview with Spanish radio network COPE, or COPE, broadcast on Wednesday, Francis compared the Vatican's dialogue with China to those with Eastern European countries during the Cold War, which eventually resulted in many freedoms for the church there. Do you see where this is going? The, the, the Catholic Church is always about freedom of religious expression in countries that are not Catholic dominant. In countries that are Catholic dominant, it's not. It doesn't care about other religions. It cares about Catholicism doesn't care about the gospel, doesn't care, oh, there's a lot of Christians here, that's great. Well, no, 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 no. Catholicism needs to be having the freedom to express itself through its institutionalization. China is not easy, but I am convinced that we should not give up dialogue. Gosh, it's just, again, if you understand snake talk, this is just brilliant. He said in some of his most comprehensive comments to date on the issue, last September, the Vatican renewed a 2018 accord. So this has been going on since... Probably, you know, much longer than this before, I'm sure, in secret. But 2018 is when this started. 2018 accord with Beijing that gives the Pope final say over the appointment of Chinese bishops. The deal established a formal dialogue with Beijing after decades during which Chinese Catholics faithful to the Pope were driven underground. So again, you have these dialectics between the Communist Party, which is the dark, and the, the Catholic Church, which is kind of the light that's underground, that needs to come to the surface. Do you see how this works? It's very fascinating. But the question is, why does the Pope... If you Let me just put it this way. If you know nothing about this stuff, and this is like super new to you, and you're like, where are you going with this? If you knew nothing about it, you're completely ignorant. The question to ask yourself is, why does the Pope, who's supposed to be spreading the gospel and, you know, supposedly representing Christ on earth. The Pope has these dealings with the Communist Party where they, they have all this institutionalization going around and there's bureaucracy and he gets to veto. And they, like, what, why, what's going on here? Communism is atheist. And as you'll see, the history of the the Communist Party is is very very bad in terms of how it treats Christianity and, and religion. So why? What's going on here? And again, if you don't know anything, you should be asking yourself that. You shouldn't be saying, oh, Pope is so nice, he's just going and is pushing the envelopes and just trying to trying to get Christianity there. Well, Catholicism isn't Christianity. I'm sorry to break it to you. Again, there are well-meaning people who are just trying to serve God, and they're doing the best they can. Doesn't mean that there are no elect believers in, in Catholicism. You do not need perfect theology to be saved. You need God to choose you to be saved. And everybody's got different levels of theology. So that's not the issue. The issue is Catholicism as a system is not Christianity. It is contradictory to Christianity. So the Pope is not really doing anything for Christianity. He's doing something for a particular religion, a system. A system that has a very dark history. If you know that history, then you look at these things and say, hmm, 
Is history repeating itself? I wonder. I think so. Here's the next one. It says, the Vat- this is from, again, 2022, so we're kind of working our way back, but the Vatican's disgraceful China deal ought to end. Let's see. The, this is from a Catholic uh, type of website, I think. The Vatican and the Chinese government are planning to renew a deal in October that they signed in 2018. That agreement, which has never been made public, again, now you have a secret thing. What is the Vatican doing making secret deals with Chinese Communist Party? It is believed to give the Chinese government the power to choose bishops and the Vatican the ability to veto them. So now they're just two peas in the pod, just working together and basically doing their thing. And this is this is the deal that's going on. So basically the government, the Chinese Communist Party can, you know, basically pay, put up these state-sponsored bishops, which again, it's just so crazy that this is actually happening. And the Vatican can say, oh, okay, well, yeah, we'll play ball. This guy can, this guy can work. Like, that should, shouldn't that raise an eyebrow? I really hope people will just raise an eyebrow to this, but nobody again is covering it. Now, <clears throat> this one is from this year, this last year, 2023. And this is kind of star, we, we start getting into the meat and potatoes of this. Pope telegrams greetings of good wishes to China's Xi Jinping from the Vatican. Pope Francis sent a telegram with greetings of good wishes to Chinese President Xi Jinping and the country's people on Friday as the papal plane headed for Mongolia crossed China's airspace, the Vatican said. Quote, assuring you of my prayers for the well-being of the nation, I invoke upon you all of the divine blessings of unity and peace. Notice how he, he just can't use Jesus. He can't see Jesus Christ. Burns his tongue if you were to say such a thing. Instead, he says, the divine blessings of unity. Unity and peace are not persons. Unity and peace are not, like, who is unity and peace that he would bless you? Unity and peace is a pagan, ecumenical, mystery Babylon, come back to the mother church type of blessing. It's not, I I invoke on you the blessings of Jesus Christ. Imagine if he said such a thing. Of course, he's not going to, but... You know, it's just, he's just not going to. Wrote the Pope following pontifical custom to acknowledge those countries whose airspace he has entered. There you go. So every time he enters the airspace of somebody, he blesses them with the, with the blessing of ecumenism, which is just so fascinating that this stuff is happening. So this is basically happening very recently. He, He had some dealings with Xi Jinping. Now, this is again, September, like a week or so later, about 10 days after, in overture to China, Pope sends greetings to a noble people. Here's the Pope with his state-sponsored bishops and cardinals. Pope Francis sent greetings to China on Sunday, calling its citizens a noble people, asking Catholics in China to be good Christians and good citizens. I love that line. In his latest overture to the communist country to ease restrictions on religion. Now, do you see what's going on here? Okay. We're going to look at some articles in just a second, but the question I have for you is, can you be a good Christian? Notice he said Christian, not Catholic, which is just so interesting because Catholicism is not Christianity. But let's say we're assuming biblical Christianity. Can you be a good Christian and be a good communist citizen? Is that possible? The answer is no, you can't. That doesn't mean you should be inciting rebellions, but inherently a a communist government 
which you'll soon see what it does to Christians, is an antichrist power that persecutes Christians. For you to align with such a system and be a good citizen, well, how do you measure good? Well, the Communist Party measures good by obedience, by doing things that the Communist Party says. So can you be friends with the world and God? What does the Bible say about that? The Bible says you can't be friends with the world and with God. Friendship with the world is enmity with God. The Bible says that there'll come a time when people will choose obedience to the world, i.e. the devil and the devil's system, over being good Christians. So do you see how the man of sin is leading you astray and telling you to be a good citizen? How can you possibly be a good citizen as a communist, you're in a communist antichrist system? Either you're going to be a good Christian and be loyal to Christ and be persecuted in some way, economically, financially, whatever, you know, emotionally, physically, or you will be a good citizen and you will not be a good Christian. That's for sure. Not in that kind of system. Even in a normal system like, I mean, what is normal? I guess there's no normal, but let's say in a non-communist system like the United States, although some people would argue that wouldn't be the same thing, but nonetheless, it is a different system. To many degrees. There, there are many similarities, but it's still not as bad as China here yet. Yet, we'll see where it goes. But the point is that even here, being a good, what does that mean to be a good citizen? You ever thought about that? Like, what does it actually mean to be a good citizen? Well, the way the state defines being a good citizen is total obedience to all the laws. Now, sometimes there are laws that, that are going to put you in conflict with God's law doesn't matter what those are. That's not what the point of this episode is. But being a good... This is this is the thing. that the, the unity of these two things did not belong. But if you're the man of sin who is spearheading a union of church and state and the world to come back to marvel after the beast, which is what the Bible predicts, predicted, then of course you will marry those two things and say, yeah, be a good Christian and a good citizen. Yes, those two things go together. And for a Catholic who is very militant, that makes complete sense. Like, yeah, we need to show that we're good citizens. We need to obey the state because we're Catholic. Do you see how that that just is totally opposite of true Christianity? Again, these types of mentalities are not, there's nothing new. This has been going around for centuries, thousands of years almost, you know, since AD 321, when Catholicism became the institutionalized religion that it is, coming out of Christian persecution. Christian persecution, the dark, the devil realized the dark wasn't working, so we need to use the light. We need to integrate people instead. Why are we killing them? They're just getting stronger in their faith. Let's let's change our tactics. Let's make our own religion. Let's make our own counterfeit, and let's integrate people instead. That way we can at least deceive them into destruction rather than trying to kill them and giving them eternal life because their faith is being confirmed by the persecution. Do you see how this works? Dark to light. And the world right now is going from dark to light as a whole. The devil uses this method. He's predictable and he's using it on the world right now. We're going from the communist socialist era, which was after World War II, believe it or not, the communist one, if you know your history. And we're moving into the light, populism, nationalism, Christian nationalism, going back to religion, 
Very fascinating. But again, the man of sin, he will always lead you to sin. That's why he's called the man of sin. But let's see this. This is back in 2018. Because the Pope said you need to be a good citizen and a good Christian. So let's see, can you be a good citizen in communist China and be a good citizen? Chinese officials burn Bibles, close churches, force Christians to denounce faith amid escalating crackdown. This is in 2018, around the time that they began that little secret Vatican deal to appoint bishops. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting how the Pope doesn't really mention that and talk about all the burning Bibles and closing churches and all these types of things. Well, most of these churches are also non-denominational and Protestant, so he doesn't care. It's actually a good thing for him. It's the dialectic between the underground Roman Catholic Church and Communist Party that will help to bring the Roman Catholic Church in China back up into power. This is an, you have to understand, gosh, there's just so much to talk about this stuff. And again, if, if you don't have eyes to see all this stuff is just going to go whoosh right over your head. When they do initiations in secret societies, if you're familiar with that, you don't need to be 100% familiar because it's just weird and wicked, but what do they do? They, they blind you, they abuse you, they make you crave the light, which is, of course, the false light of Lucifer. If you've looked into trauma-based mind control, if you looked in all these types of things in Hollywood, all these types of situations, people are being put in dark situations so that they grasp for the light. They are creating, they are copying, they're counterfeiting, let's put it that way, what God does through the law and through the Savior. The law is the dark in the sense that it's, it's, it's you cannot escape the, the wrath of God on your own works. The law reveals to you that you're doomed to die. And it creates a longing for a solution because you have no way to escape. God knows everything you've done. God is a perfect judge. He cannot forgive you and remain just. People think God forgives sins, but he actually forgives sinners. Very important distinction. God cannot forgive sins and be a just God. God doesn't forgive sins. He forgives sinners. It's a personal thing. But the law is supposed to, to point you to the Savior. Please, Lord, give me an answer. I am guilty, beyond guilty. And so you go and you you see the light of the Savior as your rescuer. This is what God has ordained through the plan of salvation. And of course, the devil wants to be your God. So he's going to copy what God has done. That's why all of these things are just the same. It's dark to light. But it's not the dark to light that, that God ordained to bring you to the light of Christ. It's a counterfeit dark to light. Using duality to basically put you in a situation that you hate so that you long for a rescue, and then he comes, the devil, and rescues you with his false light. Do you see how this works? That works on an individual basis for initiations, and it works on a world or society basis, which is what they're doing through these dialectics of the underground Roman Catholic Church and the Communist Party, and now we're, we're going to push through these barriers and work things, and it's all just dialectics. They're, they're all two heads of the same snake working to bring about this final union of church and state. The left pushes left, so the right looks right. It's good cop, bad cop. They're both cops. They're both bringing you to the point where you'll confess and basically submit yourself. So this is what's going on. Now, of course, there are genuine, like, biblical Christians there as well, non-denominational Christian churches, and those are getting shut down too. So that serves the goals of the Pope too. 
he doesn't care. He, he That's great. Communism is doing its role in eliminating the true biblical Christians, just like they did with Islam when they created Islam to eliminate the biblical Christians in the Middle East, and just like they did with communism, with, again, the Jesuits started communism, and they did that in, like, the 1920s with the Bolsheviks, with the Holodomor that killed millions of mostly Christian people in Ukraine and in Russia. So you have to know your history that these things are being done a, to get rid of the true church, and B, to bring about this system from, from the ashes, you know, from the underground. It's just so so fascinating how they word these articles, too. But Chinese officials burn Bibles, man. You have to, you have to remember your history. Here's another one from The Guardian. This is a year later, actually a couple months later, January 2019. In China, they're closing churches, jailing pastors, and even rewriting scripture. China's Communist Party is intensifying religious persecution as Christianity's popularity grows. A new state translation of the Bible will establish a correct understanding of the text. So they're doing pretty much all this antichrist stuff, just horrible stuff. And again, it's if you understand this, then the question is, why is the Pope not doing something or mentioning this? Why is the Pope in, intertrenching himself more into their system and lauding them, telling people to be good citizens. Again, it's like you you either are very deceived and you don't have the courage to stand up for the gospel or there's an ulterior motive. Of course, if you know your history, there is always an ulterior motive. But this one is from, uh, where is it from? New, we're back to recent times now. This is 2023. Pope insists Vatican-China relations are on track, but says more work is needed. Again, what is the snake telling you here? The snake is telling you that the dark to light is not yet finished. We, we still need some work to bring China to a Catholic nation, which again, sounds sounds crazy, doesn't it? It really sounds crazy. But if the Bible is true, then the kings of the earth will give their power to the beast. Does China have a king of the earth? Yes. China is an empire. China is a, a kingdom, so to speak. And it will give its power to the beast. That's what the Bible tells you. So this is a part of the plan. And it'll be a testing ground for what's to come. Aboard the papal plane, Pope Francis insisted Monday that the Vatican's relations with China were going well, but said work must still be done to show Beijing that the Catholic Church isn't beholden to a foreign power. Now, here it is. Finally, it comes out. You have to read several of these articles to, to see, you know, what was actually said and done, because now this one gives you a little, a little different shade of truth. Still... Work must still be done to show Beijing the Catholic Church isn't beholden to a foreign power. Meaning, what does that mean? A little, we got to still work on you, Xi Jinping. We got to still work on you, Communist Party, so you realize who's the one pulling the strings on this earth. It's the Pope and the Roman Catholic system. We're not beholden to any foreign power. We're the ones who created you through the Jesuits and the, the communist revolutions, we brought that communist revolution to China, which, by the way, China, if you look into China's history, a very fascinating little tidbit. There's some really interesting things with China because in around 2000 BC, before Confucius, Confucius and Buddhism and all this stuff, China was very likely a monotheistic religion that worshipped Yahweh, the, the true God. And they called him Shang-Ti. There's a whole study on it on YouTube. I forget the guy's name. He's a 
he's an Asian guy. I don't know if he's Chinese or what, but I think he's Chinese. And it's called God in Ancient China. Check it out. Search for it. It's a very fascinating study. But the point is that China was originally worshiping the one true God. And around the time that Abraham was, which is very interesting, very fascinating. But of course, you know, they were lost to paganism, to philosophy, to all these different things. And of course, now to communism. And there's even, um, there's even, I believe in AD 31, when Jesus was crucified, there's some evidence, I believe it's China, I could be Japan, I might be wrong about this, either China or Japan. But one of those two, there's an oracle that the basically the sages of that time, AD 31, for the king saw an eclipse and they interpreted the eclipse as the sins of the world have been placed on one man, even though they didn't know who Christ was. So again, that's just external historical confirmation of the crucifixion date, which is AD 31, which aligns with Daniel's 70 weeks. But it's just fascinating to see that, that God has been everywhere. It really has. Of course, he has a cho- he had a chosen people in the Old Testament. But I wouldn't be surprised if God had somehow interacted with and contacted many peoples. And he just, you know, he, he let them be because he had to have one chosen people to bring about his plan. But it's just so fascinating. But China's roots are monotheistic. And now to see it in a communist state, just so sad, very sad. But the Pope is wanting to let China know and to let the world know that the Catholic Church is not beholden to any foreign power. We don't bow down to anybody. We're the mother church. And the rest of this article says, Francis spoke about the Holy See's dealings with China during a press conference en route from Mongolia, where Beijing had its crackdown on religious minorities, overshadowed an otherwise historic first papal visit to the majority Buddhist nation. So there you go. The, the crackdown of Beijing on religious minorities, could be anything, was overshadowed by an otherwise historic first papal visit to the majority Buddhist nation. So don't look over there, look over here, look at peace and unity and all the things that the Pope is pointing. Look at the light of the Pope. Don't look at all the dark that's underneath, that's just there, just swarming around and that is being used to manipulate you into the final system. This next one is from Reuters. China liked Pope's recent overture, Beijing bishop to visit Hong Kong. It's a little bit later. It's end of September, 2023. The overture Pope Francis made to China earlier this month while he was in Mongolia was well-received by Beijing's communist government, which has given a mainland bishop permission to visit Hong Kong, the, the Bishop of Hong Kong said Thursday. So again, they're, just, they're so in love with each other. The Pope's going to let them know we're not beholden to any foreign power, and now they're just receiving him so well and just so entranced and enchanted by the Pope and what he's doing in China. Of course, the agreement has been renewed for the vetoing of bishops and working together. There's a state, there's a state-run Catholicism in China. Now, you tell me, knowing your history, do you not think that that's what the Pope is using as kind of a testing ground? I mean, what better place to test the final system? What better place to test the final system where the kings of the earth give their power and the people are taking the mark and completely obedient to a state-run Catholic system? What better place to test it than China? You have you have the ultimate totalitarian totalitarian state with literally over a, like a like what is it 1.5 billion people or something, 
over a billion people, which is just madness, that are controlled through AI, through all kinds of things. And of course, the Pope is just frothing at the mouth to get things going over there sooner than later, because now we can test all this stuff. We can see what a a state-run religion looks like. We can put all these things in play first before we really export it to the rest of the world. This is just so fascinating. Again, if you know your history, it's just so fascinating. But this final article is the one, gosh, that I, I wanted to tell you about, that I wanted to talk about early on in this episode, which is, Pope, the world needs Pope Francis to be fearless on China. Remember the whole dialectic thing between dark and light with communism leading to Christian nationalism? This is October 5th, 2023. We want God, chanted the hundreds of thousands gathered to see Carol Wojtyla, now Pope St. John Paul II, celebrate Mass near Krakow, Poland in June 1979. Communism leads to Christian nationalism. Poland was entering its 32nd year of communist rule and the ground was shifting. Yes, it was. It's time to go from dark to light, people. When will you learn that this is the the playbook? This is the playbook. It's not take the red pill so you're awake to the blue pill. It's stop taking the pills and realize that both of them are designed to work together. Gosh, I hope some people really get this. John Paul's exhortation to the faithful to live in truth and stand against aggression helped end the regime. He often said these three words, be not afraid. Oh gosh, didn't, didn't God say these words so many times in the Bible? So instead of looking to God to tell you not to be afraid, you're looking to Pope John Paul. Be not afraid. Oh, thank you, Holy Father. It's just shameful that he even uses that title, which is a title only for God the Father, that he can forgive sins, that he can be to tell you, oh, don't be afraid. You know, look to him for advice. Look to him for comfort. He's going to promise you these worldly successes. Don't worry. We're going to take this communist system down. It's going to be great. Be not afraid. Just so sad. As the Synod of Bishops meets at the Vatican this week to debate and advise the pontiff, those gathered should heed John Paul's fearless example in their dealings with the Chinese Communist Party. Do you know who set up communism in the world? Let's let's go back in time for, again, this is why I said watch that episode on the French Revolution. The Jesuits were the ones who fomented the Jesuit Revolution. Or, the, yeah, the Jesuit, basically the Jesuit Revolution. The French Revolution. The art of war was translated into French literally like two or three years before the French Revolution by a Jesuit in China, which is so interesting, in China. He was living in China. He translated The Art of War into French. First translation. Now, if you've read The Art of War, and we certainly break it down in that episode, you'll realize very quickly that The Art of War was not some Chinese general in 500 BC or whatever they tell you about Sun Tzu. The Art of War talks about a general and a sovereign. The Jesuits have a general as a head over them, and the Pope, of course, is the quote-unquote sovereign that rules it all, that everybody reports to. But the Jesuits and the, the Jesuit general and the, and the Pope don't always see eye to eye. They're, they're kind of working at odds sometimes together because the agenda is to use dark and light. Notice how one of them is clothed in black and one of them is clothed in white. One of them is called the Black Pope. The other one is always wearing white, so you have the White Pope. 
So you have to understand that these dualities are playing out and have been playing out for a very long time. The Jesuits created the French Revolution, which led to communism. That was by design. The whole point of the French Revolution was to disrupt the monarchical system that existed in Europe and in the world, really. Because monarchy had come to an end. It was, it was not serving its usefulness anymore. So why did the French Revolution start? Because monarchy was a problem as a governing system. It was just one thing. You had a monarch and that's it. And so you, you can't move. You can't do dialectics with that. It's a much slower system. And, of course, a lot of the monarchs had kicked the Jesuits out. So it, was, it had reached its boiling point when monarchy was not useful anymore. You need a two-party system because really, what's the goal? The goal is for the people to worship the beast. And with the, with the, uh, with the Reformation catching on and Protestantism basically becoming this new thing and revealing who the beast is, this was a serious problem for the church. People were now being awakened to the reality that they're under the system. The beast has been exposed. It's been exposed since 500 years ago. But of course, today, it has hidden itself behind futurist eschatology, behind preterist eschatologies. It's hidden itself very well. And most people don't realize that they're under the beast, that the beast is here and it's coming back to power. And that's by design. That's why people will marvel after the beast. Because God has decreed that. Most people are deceived. So I hope you're not one of them. But you have to realize that this whole French Revolution thing, which started communism, was designed to create left and right, which didn't exist before. You had monarchies for thousands of years. This idea of a two-party system, or two, like left and right, let's put it that way, liberalism, conservatism, communism, and nationalism, this is a, a modern invention. And it was created by the mother of abominations, which is the Catholic system and the papacy, the Jesuits. They created this system to, to bounce people back and forward. Go to the left, that's going to make you want to go to the right. Go to the right, it's going to make you want to go to the left. And ping pong, ping pong, ping pong. What's the goal? Well, the ping pong, the goal is not to just sit there and ping pong. The goal is to ping pong up, 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 up until you finally get to the final solution. Like on the Kabbalah tree. If you look at the Kabbalah tree, there are little paths that they go through from left to right, from feminine to masculine. Well, there's also a snake on the Kabbalah tree, if you've noticed that. That's by design. As that snake goes up and up and up to the final union point where things unite, hit the crown, just like on your dollar bill, the, the crowning eye that's on the pyramid, that is the illuminated eye, the thing that all the singularity that everything is headed towards to. Of course, the real <clears throat> the real singularity is Christ. Nobody can stop that, and he's going to return, probably in this generation. Praise the Lord for that. But there's a false singularity, which is the devil's system that's coming to a head. And that head is a result of these dialectics resolving over time. Left and right, left and right, communism, nationalism. Communism wins, and now everything is just being put in your face with all this dark stuff. The big bad deep state, you know, the WEF, the UN, whatever, Klaus Schwab, Yuvanol Harari. Oh my gosh, he wants to put microchips in our head and feed us crickets. No way, we need to revolt against, you know, tyranny. We the people. Don't you realize the Vatican has an observer at the UN? Why does the Vatican, you ever ask yourself that? 
why the Vatican has an observer at the UN. It's not because they're observing in the sense of, like if you were to go there and get like an observer pass and just watch just for fun. They're an observer because they control the UN. Do you see how that works? They control the UN. So they're observing and saying, yeah, we like what you talked about today. Or no, you need to talk more about this. They're the ones pulling the strings. The sovereign in the in the art of war, his responsibility is the divine manipulation of the threads. Isn't that fascinating? But this is what the world is going to. It's going towards a Christian nationalist system. The, the entire world is going through a dark to light initiation from a liberal, atheist, communist system that is pushing and pushing at you so that you revolt and you embrace the opposite. What was, this is why I said this article is so perfect. What did the article say that I just read about people in Poland in 1979? What did they say? We want God. We want God. What does that actually mean? Do they say, like, we want Jesus Christ, please give us the gospel. We want to be saved from this world of sin and death. Is that what they mean? No. Not at all. We want God means we want religion. We want religion back. It seems to be the only thing that makes sense in this communist dystopia. And of course, that's the whole point. Don't you get it? The, the bad cop is beating on you and abusing you and calling you names. I want the good cop again. Please bring the good cop. He seemed to be so much more reasonable. And Pope John Paul is there saying, listen, we be not afraid. Be not afraid. We're going to bring that system to you. Don't worry. We'll bring that solution to you. It is the most wicked thing I can think of. It is so evil, so spiritually evil. Such a, such a deceiver, such a man of sin. He's the man of sin. What can you say? The Pope is the man of sin, and each Pope has their different flavor. The, Pope John Paul II was a real charmer. And, of course, everybody loved Pope John Paul II. But nonetheless, we want God. Is that what they want? Do they want actually Jesus Christ, the gospel, the truth? Or do they want God? Does that mean in brackets... We want religion again. And this is exactly that article, that little snippet about 1979 Poland, communist Poland, is exactly the system that is being orchestrated to bring people to marvel after the beast on a worldwide scale. All these communist revolutions that were done, put it now in, in the big picture, all these communist revolutions were done to bring about the final solution and to test this and to test these dialectics, to roll them out in different countries at different times so that we can see, okay, what is it like to bring people from dark to light? What is it like to, to impose on them this satanic system? Of course, they're both satanic systems, but let's. what is it like to impose on them this atheistic, communist, evil system? So that they break and they want religion again. That they want our salvation again. What is it like? And they did it in communist Poland and all these different countries. Now you can see with China, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's just this dark to light system. And that system is going to 
be successful. It's going to be successful. What is happening in China right now is being tested, and, and it's the ground for exporting it to the rest of the world. Now, if you've watched my series, the United States will play the pivotal role in convincing people that a Christian nationalist system is a good thing. So it doesn't mean that China is, is the main player here. It's just part of the plan. And of course, it has a, a giant enough demographic where there's a lot of valuable data that you can get by experimenting with these things. But this is nonetheless part of the plan. So please go watch my End Times series. Most people are very deceived by End Times events. They either believe preterism or futurism. They don't look at Bible prophecy historically anymore. Seventh-day Adventists do. I'm not an Adventist, but they're probably one of the last people to do that. Nonetheless, Seventh-day Adventists have a lot of problems with their eschatology. I've talked about that in my series. So again, it's like nobody gives you the full truth. That was the frustration that led me and motivated me to create that series. So hopefully it is very comprehensive for you and empowering. You can also, again, check out my news uh, section on the website. You can just reference stuff there. There's so much good stuff there you can reference because nobody is really talking about news articles like the kind of stuff that I talk about. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. I'm just saying I don't see anybody really talking about this stuff. My goal is not really to cover news, by the way. With all these news updates that I do, my goal is not to cover news. I could care less. There's so much news that happens. My goal is to pick out articles that are interesting and to give you commentary that helps open your eyes to the, the realities that are happening behind the scenes. My goal is to help teach you and to espouse in you good discernment so that you learn to read. For example, reading doublespeak, like when the Pope says, we need to improve dialogue. Well, what does dialogue really mean? It means ecumenism. It means uniting the world back to the Mother Church so that you learn to read these things and you have critical thinking skills. So check out the news articles, and I hope it edifies you because, look, at the end of the day, if you don't think that Christian nationalism is going to take over the world, then my advice to you is very simple. Think again. <laughs>